Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 75. Where, in a moment, we discuss home insurance, getting to grips with the basics. That's today's show topic, and it's on the way, like I say, in just a second. But please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place, because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. You can access it all just by delving into our back catalogue of shows, because in our programs to date, we featured loads of stuff, mortgages, pensions, investing, life insurance, loads more. You name it, we've done it pretty much anyway. And last week, we looked at cash ices versus stocks and shares ices. Remember, we can drill down and focus on pretty much anything forensically. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll get us there. Like I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate, review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis. With me as always, the star of the show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you today? Good. Thank you. By the way, congratulations. Here we are, 75 episodes into your podcast. Brilliant. Well done. It's nuts. Uh, it, honestly, it's just flown past. It just doesn't seem like yesterday that we started doing them. And still feel to me, I mean, that, that's a year and a half we've been doing it now. And yeah. still just feels like we've been doing it a few months. Yeah. Still feels sort of brand new, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. So this is definitely one that we've covered before. I know we have home insurance, I'm sure of it, but there's never harm in doing a refresher, especially if this is the first time you've heard us doing it. And the other thing that crossed my mind is since we recorded that first episode, the world's changed in a number of ways. More and more people are working from home now, at least for part of the time. And I wonder if that might have impacted things at all so far as home insurance is concerned. And also, it seems to me in the part of the world where I live, there's been a storm every other week of the year so far that's cut me off and resulted in me losing all the food in the freezer for instance. So I'm going to need a refresher on how home insurance works around things like that to see if I need to go back and shout at my electrical supply and tell them that they were wrong. So not hinging on this one just for me, Phil, but there in a nutshell, you know, for one person, I guess it proves how important home insurance is for everyone and it gets overlooked a lot. So maybe as a starter, explain for me what home insurance actually is in terms of what it does when it's actioned. Yeah, so home insurance is an effective shock absorber that protects thousands of families each year from unexpected and unwelcome loss, damage and expense. And as you say, things like that power cuts, I, I was impacted by that myself, and I'll touch on that as we, we go through the, the show. But if you're new to home insurance, this podcast will, will help you get the right cover in place for your needs. And hopefully we'll be able to provide answers to a few of the questions that were, were asked regularly by clients Okay, first things first, Phil. In the times we're living when, you know, everybody's being squeezed, the cost of living is higher than anyone can remember, and we're all looking to make savings here and there just to stay afloat. Is home insurance one of those things I can maybe cut back on and do without? Do I need home insurance? Well, if if you have a mortgage, then your lender will actually have it as a condition of that mortgage that the buildings has got to, to be insured. Even if you own your own home outright, although you technically don't have to have it in place, I would still recommend it because what you've got to think of is what, what would happen, for example, if your house burnt down, you then need to replace that yourself. So for, for all it costs, even whether you've got a mortgage or whether you own a property outright, certainly the, the building's insurance is something 
that, that you should have in place. But like I say, if you do have a mortgage, lenders will have that as a, a condition of the mortgage that you've got to have at least the buildings insured. You need to insure what's called the, the rebuild cost. Now, this is the amount of money that you would need to completely rebuild your home from scratch. The cost of the rebuild in your home it's not necessarily the same as the market value of your property. Now, in Aberdeen, for example, mm-hmm. there's a lot of old granite buildings, so they would cost a lot more. I, I've seen some buildings worth maybe 200000 but the rebuilding cost can be 800000 mm. So it's it's not always the, the same. And, and likewise, if you're in a newer housing development, the, the rebuilding cost can often be quite a bit less than, than the value of the house. So what they're doing is looking to say, right, if we had to rebuild this house from scratch, how much would, would that cost? So the rebuild cost, it takes into account things like the value of the plot and the land, the location, local amenities, supply and demand. There's various factors, but when you first buy a property, if there's a survey been done on it, in Scotland, I know you've got the home report, that'll also state not only the value of the property, but you, you would get the rebuilding cost in there. Insurers will tend to, to do what's called index linking. Whenever you buy that property, you can then see what inflation is and how much that would cover would need to, to go up. You also get some companies that they, they'll do almost like standard amounts. So, so for example, my house, my, my rebuilding cost, I couldn't actually tell you what it is, but I think my building's insured for oh, so many hundreds of thousands of pounds. So I know that I'm well covered in that event. So buildings insurance is really important. But you've also got contents insurance as well. It's something that's not mandatory. But again, it's a good idea to have cover in place in case anything unexpected happens to, to your home. For example, if it was burgled or your possessions were maybe damaged by fire or, or floods. So a lot to, to take into account there. Yeah, from, from what I can remember, as you say there, so it breaks down into the insurance for the buildings, so the bricks and mortar, and then on top of that, everything that's inside the building. So insurance for all your belongings. That's very simplistic, but, you know, I'm a simple person. <laughs> that's what I took away from it. So, again, w- what is buildings insurance then? Yeah, bu- buildings insurance, it covers the structure and permanent fixtures of a property. So that includes things like kitchens and bathrooms. Policies provide cover for the cost of repairing or rebuilding your home if it's damaged as a result of things like I mentioned, storms, floods, fallen trees, vandalism, water damage, leaking pipes, that sort of thing. It is also possible to get extra cover for things like garages, fences and driveways. That was one thing during the, the recent storms with myself. Just recently, we had a fence come down and my insurance didn't cover that, but you mm. do get some policies where you can include cover for, for that sort of thing as well. Uh, and the contents insurance cover, is it everything inside or are there, there exceptions or items which, you know, for instance, you might want to insure over and above contents insurance. So say your, your great auntie Margaret left you her diamonds, they're in the house, but they're super valuable. Do you take out additional insurance on those as well? Yeah, home, home contents insurance, that covers all things kept in the home, such as TVs, furniture, carpets, your personal belongings, you, you can also add additional cover, such as accidental damage, and, and that ensures personal items when they're used away from, from the home, such as laptops, jewellery, cameras. Policies vary immensely, and, and you'll find that certain policies will only cover things up to a certain value. So if you have higher value items, as you say, things like if you were left heirlooms, or I, I know one chap that's got a couple of Rolex watches, he has to actually specify them on his policy mm. because they're over a, a certain value. 
Most policies as well offer new for old cover. So that means that you'll get the full replacement value. If your item was lost, stolen or damaged, they would replace the old item with, with a new one. So again, different policies have got different ins and outs there. And when it comes to it, Phil, should I should I buy building and contents insurance together for sake of ease or for a cheaper deal? Or could I be missing something in doing that? Yeah, some, sometimes premiums can be lower if you, you choose to buy your buildings and contents insurance from the same insurer. Also, what one advantage of that is if there was, say, a, a fire in your home or a burglary that, that maybe affected the buildings and your possessions, sometimes it can be easier and more straightforward if you're claiming because everything's then managed by just one insurer rather than one insurer saying, oh, who's covering this and who's covering that? So from an admin side, it can can often be simpler as well. What about um, valuable items away from the home? Do they, you mentioned it briefly there, do they each have to have separate insurance or is there a product which covers those as a sort of umbrella type of insurance over yeah, everything? Yeah, that, that's it. Cover for belongings that you have while you're away from the home. They're not always covered under a standard mm. contents policy but they, they can usually be included at an additional cost. And normally there'll be a limit on the value of any one item. So again, you may have to specify what items you want covering. So I mentioned there about things like if you had a Rolex watch, for example, other high value things, jewellery comes up a lot. Things like pedal cycles. Um, I know some insurers will, will cover up to a certain amount, but one of the chaps in the, the office, he's got a bike which is worth about three grand. So he has <laughs> to car. I know he, he actually has to specify that as a, an item on his policy because a lot of policies might cover your bicycle up to £250 or you get ones that will maybe do up to 750 So it's well worth looking into all that sort of thing for, for other items as well. When you are looking into this sort of thing, there are loads of different dealers out there, Phil. Where's the best place to take out home insurance? It is when, when it comes to buying buildings and contents cover, there's such a range policies on offer and it can be a bit bewildering and, and overwhelming for people because there's so many options out there that, that's where the guidance and market knowledge that someone like an insurance broker they can help you navigate around the, the various options insurance brokers they, they'll offer impartial advice and they've got the, the know-how to find policies to cover things like special risks They'll also be able to help if, if your house wasn't, for example, of standard construction. So if you had maybe like a wooden house or an unusual property, some insurers won't won't insure that. So again, an insurance broker can be really valuable when it, it comes to that. Other examples, if someone had maybe like a, a valuable coin collection, I mean, I, I collect football programs and sports memorabilia. So whenever I'm taking out insurance, I always mention that I've, I've got that to make sure that that's covered and they'll know which insurers offer the most appropriate policy for, for your needs. And again, insurance brokers, the way that they're paid is usually they get a commission from the insurance provider for advising on that policy. So generally you won't have to pay them a fee for finding your policy, although some more uh, some insurance brokers will, will charge maybe an admin fee, maybe 40, 50 pounds, some of them, but a, a lot of them won't have that at all. And the, the main reason for using them, I mean, they've got the expert knowledge, 
but also it saves your valuable time contacting all the insurers to, to get quotes. And it means that you're not wasting hours searching comparison websites as well. And, and on that note, I mean, comparison websites can be a good place to start to give you an idea of the, the costs for, for home insurance. But what, one of the things you've got to be careful on there is that they often come up with a list of policies and price order, but especially for home insurance, price isn't always going to be the, the best thing because quite mm. often you get what you pay for. So yeah, it might be cheap per month to, to pay for a certain policy, but is it going to pay out if you ever make a claim? That's that's the important thing. Now, I, I know you've got a bunch of tips that we can look at as a sort of reminder for everything. That I think might have been one of them actually as it went past there. For everything that we need to consider when it comes to home insurance, your top seven tips on this. So, so what's first, Phil? Yeah, we've got seven tips, which I thought we would go through today. The first one was don't be underinsured. You need to make sure that you've got enough insurance cover. That, that's almost as important as having the insurance in the first place. If you're underinsured, it can cause serious problems. If you ever have to make a claim, the, the way that that works, I mean, if, if you're making a claim for, let's say, lost, stolen or, or damaged items and if you only had paid for, for example, £25,000 of, of home contents, but let's say your valuables were worth 50000 what you'll then find is that even if you're making a claim on a single item, the, the insurer, what they'll do is they'll scale it down on a pro rata basis. Mm. So if, if you were, let's say you had 50000 of contents cover, were only insured for 25000 if you then made a claim, you might think, well, I'll get... 25,000 paid out, they, they might think, well, you're actually only covered for half, so we'll only pay out half. So it, it is really important not to be underinsured, both on your building and on the, the content side. I'm just thinking about this, Phil. If, if, for instance, and I know I'm sort of going off at a tangent here, but if, for instance, you had work carried out in your house and, you know, you, at the end of it, they say, well, your house is worth so much more. Uh, as a result, maybe you get an extension, something like that. Then you have to you have to um, insure it for the new appropriate value, don't you? That's yeah, you undersure that, there inadvertently. Definitely, that that was one of the tips I was going to to kind of come on to. So we'll, we'll come on to that. Well, I'll, I'll leave that for now. No, no, I, yeah, that's fine. But it's good that you mentioned it because that was one of the things I was going to speak about as well. Yeah, yeah. Now the next thing you've got here is is the excess and understanding how that works. Explain that for me, Phil. Yeah, what, what happens if if you ever make a claim, your policy will have what's called an, an excess on the, the insurance policy. So that, that's a fixed amount that you have to pay if, if you ever make a claim. Now, what will generally happen is that your insurer, insurer, they'll deduct that figure from the amount that you pay when they settle the claim. So to give you an example, I, I've claimed twice on my freezer contents just recently. Mm. My excess was £100. So what they did is they said, right, value your contents in your freezer was £300 will deduct the £100 excess, so they paid £200. So that, that's how that worked. And you'll find that you can have compulsory excesses, so that was like what, what was on my policy. Some insurers, they allow you to have like a, a voluntary excess. So you might say, right, I'll, I'm willing to have a £200 excess, and in that case, the, your insurance premiums would be cheaper, but if you make a claim, you're not going to get paid out as, as much. Mm -hmm. So if you do choose to have a higher voluntary excess in return, then should will, will then reduce the amount of your, your premiums. Okay. There's that old adage about most things, you know, you get what you pay for. But as you mentioned earlier, price isn't the only factor here, is it? So what else is up for consideration when you're looking at this? Yeah, definitely. That, that's one of the big 
top tips I would say is that price isn't always the, the most important thing when you're, especially with, with home and contents insurance. When, when you're looking for the right buildings and contents insurance, the key is to focus on the features and not just the, the price when you're comparing policies. And if what you need to do is make sure that the product that you're going for meets your particular circumstances. And it can be worth sometimes paying slightly more to get a more comprehensive policy. And, and for myself, as someone who's made a couple of claims lately, I would totally vouch for that because I, I remember with a, a conversation in the office one day, and one of the guys was asking, oh, how much do you pay for your, your house and contents insurance? And for myself, I think it's about 30, 35 pounds a month. And he was like, oh, I'm paying about half of that. And I'm like, yeah, but are you really confident that what you're covered in? That, that was a great example that like what you pay for isn't always mm. like price is a, a factor, but you want to get good value, but cheapest isn't always the, the best. And for me, with that two claims that I've made recently, they both got paid out really quickly. Mm-hmm. And that was just on the freezer contents. One, one of the things I wasn't covered for was my fridge contents, which was a, a bit of a pest, but I, I've actually got the insurers coming around. I think it's tomorrow to, to have a look at some other damage that was caused by a, a recent storm as well. I've got a hot tub, so the lid of that blew off. And also I had a door which smashed as well. And I haven't spoke to them in full about it, but I'm kind of hoping that they'll come round and there won't be any problems getting that paid out as well. But that's what the insurance is there for, to cover you for, for losses that, that you make. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think maybe I've been guilty of. I mentioned this slightly earlier on. It stands to reason when you think about it. If you add an extension to the house, or if you buy, say, something new for the house that's a reasonable expense, you're actually changing the value of the house or the contents. And that means you need to change the insurance accordingly, doesn't it? I bet it catches a lot of people out, though. You do have to review your policy if you extend your property or buy new things, don't you? Yeah, it's it's important to bear in mind that the amount of the building's insurance, it needs to be the full rebuild value of the, co- of the house and not just the, the actual market value. So if you are doing any, I mean, well, one I mentioned earlier, you need to, to get your insurance to keep pace with inflation and that includes like property price increases as well. And if you do carry out any major home improvements, so for example, if you've built an extension or added out buildings such as garden room, or if you maybe put in a conservatory, you need to make sure that that sort of things are included in your, mm. your insurance as well. Likewise, if, if you've acquired kind of any new possessions, it's important to make sure that they're properly insured as well. Some home contents policies can also cover sort of high value items as standard. But again, if you buy any higher value items, maybe anything over a thousand pounds, you want to make sure that that sort of thing is going to be covered. So if you went out and bought a fancy watch or some jewelry at Valentine's Day, you need to make sure all of that sort of stuff is, is going to be covered as well. And if you don't declare a valuable and it's worth more than your limit, it wouldn't be covered at all. So it is important to to make sure that you're not stipu- uh, that you're not exceeding kind of any of the the stipulated amounts on on the policy and and another one that I was going to go through as well is looking at extras on a, a policy so that's another thing that's that's very important so for instance you can add cover for legal expenses home emergencies drains and plumbing freezer breakdowns you can add accidental damage to to home contents accident accidental damage to your your personal possessions outside the home. And and a lot of people will think it's worth paying these 
few extra pounds and premiums to get the extra peace of mind that that sort of thing can cover as well. Mm, I know that our uh, insurance premium breaks down with, uh, so there's a standard amount that we pay per month, and then you'll see little um, direct debits coming off at like £3.84 per month. And, you know, for, for the little add-ons, the little bolt yeah. things that we've Look, put on A lot on of companies well. will be able to add, include that all in the one price as mm-hmm. well, so it's all included in your policy. But it is, it, I think if you go on the comparison websites, they can give you an idea, right? You can add this on legal expenses, you can add on home emergency cover. And a lot of people don't know what these sort of things are. So again, that, that's where if you are speaking to an insurance broker, they can explain all of this and find out what's going to be most appropriate for, for your personal circumstances. Okay, also on the list here, Phil, consider your options at renewal time. I suppose it's a bit like mortgages. There might be another deal out there which works better for you. Yeah, definitely. One, one good thing that came in at the start of this year is that insurers now have got to offer clients at renewal time the same deal as what they would offer new clients because in, in days gone by, they were often guilty that they would offer better deals to new customers than, than their existing customers. So that is one good thing, but it is a good time when, when your options or when your renewal comes around, that's the perfect time to say, right, am I still getting the, the best policy for my needs? And when your renewal comes up, I mean, it's often tempting to stay with your current provider. And I think on average, they reckon that people stay with their existing home insurance company for on average, I think about seven years at a time. But it's not always going to be best to renew it with, with who you're, you're with. A lot of people will take out home and contents cover with their own bank and they've, they've maybe been with them for years. And if that's the case, you can often get better cover for a, a cheaper premium in those circumstances. So it's again, it, like a lot of folk, they, they don't want to invest the time maybe spending an hour or two looking on comparison websites and things. But like I say, send over, speak to an insurance broker. If you've got your, your renewal documents, you can email it over to them. They'll have a look at it. They'll do all the work for you. So um, I just feel that there's a bit of complacency sinks in with people when it comes to insurance renewal times, especially on home and contents insurance. But like I say, one of the best courses of action is to ask an insurance broker to find the most suitable policy based on your individual needs and circumstances. Okay, and finally on the checklist here, terminology to be aware of. Now, this is a bit that always gets me. I see a term, I don't know what it means, but I don't want to ask for fear of looking stupid. And I <laughs> loads of folk are like that. So what is this terminology to be aware of, Phil? Yeah, I've got a couple of things here. I mean, one one thing that sometimes comes up is a, a premium loading. And what that is, is if an insurance company adds to the basic premium. So for example, just to think of an example on, on house insurance, but it might be, if you've made a lot of claims, for example, they might think, right, this person claims a lot. So they might put a, a premium load in on that. So I, I've made a couple of claims in the last year. So I would expect my premiums next year will be a bit higher than what they'd been previously. They might also load a premium, for example, if you're living in a flood risk area. So insurers might think, right, the chances of us making out paying out a claim is going to be higher. So in that circumstances, they, they may load the, the premium. So that, that's something, that, a term that comes up quite a bit, or not quite a bit, but from, from time to time. Another one's exclusions. So in insurance, that's a clause that's inserted into the terms of the policy. So they might not cover a certain item or certain event. And again, 
it's vital to check like the finer details of your policy just to make sure that you don't have any unexpected exclusions in there. So that's just a couple of terms that, that I find comes up when we are speaking to people about home and contents insurance. Okay, so that's a checklist to have in your back pocket when it comes to home insurance. Well, do you have that produced in a download or a leaflet somewhere? Yeah, can... one, one thing that I do have is I, I've got a document, just a short one. I think it's, it's four pages long, but there's not a lot of reading in it. So you'd probably be able to read it in five, ten minutes. But I have one document called An Introduction to Home Insurance. So if anybody would like a copy of that, if they get in touch, my, my email address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk or they could send us a message. We, we've got on Facebook, if you search for the Personal Finance Show, with Phil Anderson we've got a Facebook page and even if you wanted to message me on there just saying look can I get a copy of this document I'll try and get it to you as quickly as I can okay now as we were going I was making little notes on my phone and this is unusual for me but I think I've got maybe five extra questions okay you ready yeah (laughs) now with my bank Phil I have uh, a package that means that certain things are included with my bank package. So, for instance, my mobile phone is insured. I've got breakdown insurance for the car. I can access all this through my bank. Is it worth, not looking for a specific bank policy, but is it worth double-checking insurance policies that you have at home to see if you know, something doubles up? Maybe you can get a reduction on your home insurance or your content insurance. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, a lot of people will have, they'll maybe pay their bank, maybe 20 pounds a month for, yep. for different things. And the, the banks have got sort of block policies. Now, I know these sort of plans often cover things like travel insurance. Mm. Home insurance is one that I'm not sure many of them would cover that. So definitely worth checking. I remember years ago, I used to have an account and it used to give me like mobile phone insurance, gadget mm. insurance. Yep. I had one that had travel insurance included in there. So you don't want to be paying out for something twice if you do already have that. So definitely worth checking with your bank. Most of the time, it's quite straightforward. You can click on a link. I was actually having a look at my partner's one yesterday. She was asking about travel insurance. So she'd clicked on the the link, went on her online bank, and there was a bit there, took her to the the policy details, and she could find out exactly what she had and and what she didn't have. So you don't want to be doubling up on things, but I think home and contents insurance, Mm. then I think that's one that's often included in that type of policy. Okay, next up, you know, sometimes you buy something at a shop, so maybe something for the home that is of a substantial cost, let's say. And sometimes they'll say to you, now, would you like to take out insurance on this? So let's say it's, a, it's something for the kitchen. Let's say you buy a new Hoover, Phil. Yeah. So you, you buy a new vacuum cleaner. Now, would that be covered by your contents insurance anyway? Do you need to take insurance against that? Or is that insurance specifically against yeah, it breaking that, down? Uh, a, lot of folk, a lot of companies will try and sell you like add-ons when and they're doing that partly because they make money off of it and, and partly because it's just an add-on to the, the service. What one is, for example, sofas. You often, mm. when you buy a sofa, they're often like, oh, look, you can add on this cover and it'll we, we'll protect it with a coating. And if there's any accidents to it, you're covered. But again, depending on your home insurance policy, you may be covered for that already. So mm-hmm. again, that's something that is just worth double checking and, and looking into because you don't want to be paying out money for something that you may already be covered for. Okay, third thing. I'm wondering how home and contents insurance might have changed if, for instance, post-pandemic, you're now working from home and you're on that sort of hybrid thing where you do two days at home and three in the office, for instance. Does it change the home insurance any as a result? Yeah, there is a lot more people working from home and policies are now starting to get a bit 
more relaxed about covering people's equipment at home. Now, I, I don't know about yourself, but it, it, I'd imagine you'd probably have quite a bit of equipment for, for what mm. you do, like microphones mm. and, and different yep. things. So <laughs> it's, again, what, what I would say is it's worth checking with your individual insurer just to make sure you're covered. And, mm. and you want to do that before any claim yeah. comes up. But that's one thing that's, because a lot of people often don't do anything. And then all of a sudden, they maybe got burgled and all their equipment disappears or computer or laptop. So it is important to kind of look at that and, and make sure that your insurer, if you are working from home and you've got valuables or items there, making sure that they are covered. And sometimes your work might have a policy that, that covers things. I mean, if you're employed by somebody and, and working from home, they might have policies that, that cover that anyway, but it is worth, worth looking into that more for, for people as well. Okay. Um, the, the next thing I wanted to mention was we were talking about if you had any, say, extension work done in your home and, it, you know, it increases the value, therefore, the amount that you have to insure. If you changed insurer subsequently, you went to get a policy with someone else, is the onus on that insurer to check that you have the right value of buildings insurance or is the onus on you? Yeah, the onus is more on you. That that's a thing. So if, if you built an extension or put on a conservatory, you need to then make sure that you've got enough. Your rebuilding cost needs to be able to take into account that sort of thing. You, you get some insurance policies that are what's called bedroom rated. So so some insurers, what they'll do is they'll ask how many bedrooms you've got, and then they'll try and think right. Okay, based on that, we would recommend that you should have X amount of cover. And like I say, some some companies. I mean, my my own insurance. It's terrible. I don't know the exact limit on it, but it's well above what my rebuilding cost is. So I know that if I ever built an extension or if I converted my garage into more living space or added a conservatory, I'd be well within my limit. But for, for some people, if, if you're just bang on your rebuilding cost and you're doing that, the onus really is on you to make sure that you are getting covered for the amount that you need to be covered Okay, and lastly, in my sort of questions and notes that I made as you're going on there, if you are changing insurers, if you're looking around, you mentioned go to comparison sites. I'm pretty sure there are some insurers who say, now remember, we're not on comparison sites, almost as a way to sort of counteract that. How How do you work that into the equation? That's it. Probably the biggest one would be direct line. They'll only deal with folk directly. They're usually quite a competitive insurer. The the comparison websites, they're they're a good place to go to give you an idea. That's a thing. But it's funny, like I was just going to say, like if we were recapping this show, what I would say is probably that the main thing to take away from today's show is that cheapest isn't always best when it comes to home insurance. So it is good to, to really look at your, like your own personal needs and, Home insurance, you can go online, you can get quotes fairly quickly, but it just is something that just needs a little bit more thought, just exactly what you have, how much things are worth. So it is good to spend a wee bit of time on it because, yeah, it might, you might be able to race through it and think, oh, great, cheap premium, bang, that'll do me. Mm. But you really want something that is going to meet your needs. So I, I would say that the biggest takeaway today is don't just focus on the price of it. Look at what you're actually covered for as well. 
Okay. Wouldn't ask you about any more takeaways then, Phil. That's probably the, <laughs> the big one to, to remember. Here we go, though, as we enter into the part of the show where you share items from your own life story. What have you got regarding this one on, on home insurance, getting to grips with the basics? You know, over the years, I hadn't had a claim for years. I had one maybe about seven, eight years ago, maybe even longer. I had issues with my, my bathroom in my old house where there'd been an escape of water. So we, we made a claim on it and got made a new bathroom out of it. But it was sort of handy because, oh, crazy, there, there'd been a fair bit of kind of leakage and, and that. So I have kind of had the benefits of, of home insurance. Like I say, during Storm Arwen, I was without power for, for a week just recently. And then just a few weeks ago, I, I had another two days with no power as well. And it's okay that the electricity company's okay. They'll maybe give you a bit of compensation for that, but it doesn't cover things like the, the losses. I mean, I, I was trying to put a figure on what was actually in my freezer and I looked at it and I thought, quite a, quite a big freezer. One of them was at Christmas time. So there was a lot of stuff in there mm. at that point in time. And I kind of said to the insurance company, I was like, well, I'd estimated about £300 worth of stuff. They, they asked me the, the name and model of the, the freezer that I had. And they kind of agreed that, right, up, that's a fair sort of amount. So with that, they're like, right, you've got £300 worth of stuff, less your excess, which was 100 And I got paid £200, which kind of helped to replace the, the stuff that, that we had to replace. Um, and then Craig, you just a month or two later, another storm and doing it again, which is <laughs> just quite incredible. So I, I've had experience of it myself just recently and having your, not only your buildings insured, but also your contents really can be a valuable thing. Yeah. Well, you see, now the, the difference here is, Phil, when those storms hit, we, we tried to do similar things to yourself. And I didn't, you know, I, I just assumed that because we didn't have receipts for the contents of our freezer, then we wouldn't be able to claim it back in the insurance. And now you make me feel daft. <laughs> so some people have like home emergency cover can, can help with that as well. So sometimes that can cover things like hotel costs and if you have to go out the house for, for a period. So that, that's some of the add-ons that can be a, a valuable benefit as well. Yeah, okay. And we always do this bit as well, Phil. You find inspiration, I know, through various people you admire, and you love a quote. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode on home insurance, getting to grips with the basics? This one is for somebody that I admire because it's myself. <laughs> I think it's the first time. I don't know if, I don't know if I've ever used any of my own quotes before, but um, the, the quote this week, Protect your most important assets, your home and yourself. There you go. Now, uh, that one's attributable to Phil Anderson. <laughs> now, Phil is really keen in trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week's contact details. Just a second, I'll give it to you after these. Here's our first question. Hi, Phil. I know you've spoken before about having an emergency fund. The way things are going just now financially, I think that idea is becoming more and more vital. How do you know how much to try and put away? Yeah, what you want to do is, first of all, start by working out your disposable income. And to do this, just look at what you've got coming in, and what you've got going out each month. This will then give you an idea of how much you should have spent each month. Or unfortunately for some folk, it's a negative because bills have been going up. I know some kind of experts sort of try and say, right, put away 10% of your wage each month and then live off the rest. And the other kind of theory is that if you get used to doing that, when bills do rise, you've got a bit of spare cash that can go towards that. And likewise, if you are saving money each month, you've then got a kind of fund there in case of, of emergencies. But 
that can be easier said than done, especially in the, the current climate, because bills are getting much more expensive at, at the minute. And a couple of previous podcasts that we did that might be worth listeners going back and listen to episode 36, it was why it's a good idea to have an emergency fund. So that, that was quite a short episode that, that was quite good for this sort of question. Another one that's maybe topical at the moment as well, given that inflation is high and bills are rising, episode 16, how to save money in your bills. So that's one good thing. We've got quite a good back catalogue of podcasts that instead of just answering a question quickly, sometimes it is just worth spending 20 minutes listening to them and, and kind of taking away some of the, the plus points from them. Okay, next one is from Irene in Anglesey. Irene says, hi, Phil. I'm a pensioner and I'm worried about my heating bills. Is there any way I can withdraw more from my pension to help pay these? It depends what kind of pension you have. For example, if, if you bought an annuity, then that pays out a fixed amount each month and that doesn't change. But with, with your pension pot, if you're in what's called drawdown, then it may be possible to take some extra money out of your pot if you're considering this, I always recommend speaking to a financial advisor because that could then impact your income further down the road, but also there might be tax consequences of that. So for Irene, I would recommend speaking to our financial advisor, but it may be possible to, to get money out of there. Okay. Would you say too, before you get in touch with the question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue, just like full reference there, because we've covered a fair few topics so far and we might have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us today for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you need a helping hand with anything we've been talking about or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page of the show. Search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson if you want to find us on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question that he can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Same email address you give out for that pamphlet on home insurance earlier in the show. Send up your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast, like I say. Please be assured we won't use your real name if that's what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us and please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks, John.